the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. I guess this hour is a uh, sought-after business coach with a, uh, a new book. The book is called Easier, and uh, it, it looks at 60 uh, clear-cut ideas that make handling business crises and career setbacks easier. His name is Chris Westfall. He joins me by phone. Good morning, Chris. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, Chris, let's let's talk about um, career setbacks. Um, what kinds of things are we looking at here as, as setbacks? Because a lot of people have had their lives really turned upside down in, in over the last two or three years because of the pandemic. Sure. And, and now, you know, economic data is coming out that, that points towards recession, and there's evidence of that, and there's a lot of people who are concerned, and they're worried. And as a, as a contributor to Forbes, I keep an eye on that, kind of try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's, what's going on for, for people in the workplace today. And what I'm seeing, Tom, is there's, there's a lot of frustration. Uh, people are concerned about what to do, um, what to do given the economic climate. Does, you know, does a recession mean that they're going to be let go? Is there going to be a downsizing? I mean, all of those kinds of fears. And quite frankly, those, those fears are written into, into the book easier because easier is a story of, of someone who is frustrated at his job. He doesn't feel like he's able to make a contribution. He, he's wondering if he needs to leave, if he needs to start his own business, if entrepreneurship is a fit for him. Little does he know he's about to be fired in just five days. So, well, and wage uh, increases that were celebrated just seems like months ago are uh, uh, being eaten up by inflation. It's true, and there's there's conflicting data. I mean, there's there's data that says the labor market is strong, which may be true on a macro perspective, but you know. See, what that's does that the mean trouble I always, Chris, that's the trouble I always have when I hear, mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of economists and, you know, they say, oh man, the economy is the strongest it's ever been. And I, I just can't help saying that in my neighborhood. Correct. Isn't it true? <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I am, it's so true. And don't we see, we see the economy through our own window, not the macro perspective. Exactly. And, and what's you know, and what's going on in Pensacola or Poughkeepsie is not what's happening in Flint, you know, um, and that's just, I mean, so what that means, though, is that in the midst of all this data and information, which, you know, I could argue there's a little too much information, but in the midst <laughs> of this information, how do we 
how do we go how do we go inside how do we find our own way from the inside out to navigate these changes and to navigate these difficulties that's really what easier is about that's really the basis of my coaching work and that's that's the path through frustration that's the path from this macroeconomic <laughs> perspective to to getting your own house in order and getting your own career in order as well so what kinds of things do we do we look at and and um, can we manage using the tips from the book easier? Well, in order to understand easier, it's helpful to look at what makes things difficult, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and and here's, here's what makes things really, really difficult, a, a few perspectives that can make things hard. Um, one is, is that if it's got to be, it's up to me. In other words, I, I've got to lift the world by myself. The whole world is on my shoulders. Uh, and, you know, all, all, that, all that's going to get you is a sore shoulder because that's a lot to lift. When we lose sight of our ability to connect, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, during, the, during quarantine, we all went through that. We all experienced that. But, you know, the ability to connect is not quarantined and it never will be. And we are not alone in, in this journey. Whatever, whatever journey your listeners may be experiencing, whatever journey I'm experiencing, I'm not alone in it. But when things get hard, it looks like, man, I'm just, I'm on an island here. I've got to lift the world by myself. A friend, so, of, a friend of mine used to say, Chris, jokingly, why is my life so much tougher than everybody else's? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say to him when he says that? Uh, uh, you know, well, it sucks to be you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I don't know that that's comforting. It might be true, though. No, so, sorry about your luck. Um no, but but and and he meant it jokingly. He meant it. We are all in this together. Uh, you right. know, it it was. You know, he 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 just he had a a knack for understatement. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, you know, I I think we all feel like that sometimes. Like, why is why is life so tough for me? And we, and we lose sight. We lose sight of this question. We we're not able to ask ourselves this question, and, and, and I've found that it really helps. If I can access this place sincerely and answer this question, the question is, what's good about this? And some people may hear that and be like, I want to punch Chris Westfall for asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, isn't it true life is tough, but easier always exists? I mean, there's a way. There's a way we can show up that makes even tough circumstances and lousy circumstances that makes them easier and that's the perspective inside the book and i think that's the perspective that even when life is tough we, we we never if we can remember that that easier is a possibility that always exists that's the well, first step I've, in accessing i've got your new slogan <laughs> oh i'm ready what, what do you got i'm ready when life gets tough take it easy <laughs> there it is. There it is. I love it. No, uh, but but there is a certain amount of um, what I what I like to call mind over what's the matter. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. And and mm. so it's it's really about making. We used to call it twenty five years ago an attitude adjustment. Um, and, and I think we've lost sight of that. Right. I, I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, the way that I look at attitude is the way that, that an engineer might look at attitude. And, and, and an engineer <laughs> will tell you that attitude is the way that, that a wing 
comes into the air. Like if you have the right attitude, the plane will lift. If you have the right attitude, the plane will land. And attitude for me is, is simply the way that we approach things and the way that we show up. And if we're showing up trying to manage our attitude or always get to an attitude of gratitude, yikes. I, I don't know about you, but I've been in a few situations where gratitude has not been the first place I've gone, if you know what I'm saying. Of course. And if, if we're trying to manage our moods, we, we've got to look at that. We've got to, as you said, Tom, we've got to manage what is. We've got to look at what is. And here's what is going on. The universe doesn't reward my moods. The universe rewards my actions. And to, to step outside of trying to get in the right headspace or find flow or some of these other kind of ideas that we've, we've all heard, but, you know, you, you just have to ask yourself, does that work? Dealing with what is is what works and what is most useful. And uh, sometimes that means you've got to take a, a hard reality check and recognize that gratitude may not be part of your attitude. And what if that's okay? But what what action can you take, um, or or how do you find that uh, uh, that that attitude when you feel like you're up against the wall? Tom, you said a mouthful there. When you're up against the wall, here it is. Zoom out. When you're up against the wall, you're up. You're looking at your life under a microscope. You're looking at the people that are making you crazy, the situations you don't like, the circumstances you wish would change. Yeah. Zoom out. Zoom out. Can you step back? Like a, like a painter painting a picture. If you are too close to it, you can't see, you can't see what all is going on. You know, John, John Wooden, the UCLA basketball coach, he said very famously, make each day your masterpiece. And you can't do that with your back up against the wall or if you are six inches away from what it is that you're painting and you're, you're looking at it microscopically. Take a step back. Zoom out. See if you can ask yourself, what's good about this? And maybe, just maybe, you might see something that you haven't seen before. And that can help you to get your back off the wall. <laughs> Have you seen the, uh, the, the, the comic uh, uh, cartoon that, that shows the guy digging a hole through the side of a mountain? No, what's this? He's digging a hole through the side of the mountain. Okay. Yeah, and he's about 98% through when he gives up. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, it's a side view, and there's just this little strip he's got to dig out, and he's through to the other side. But he just mm. drops his pick and his shovel and goes home. Wow. You know, it's, but that's what you're talking about. Zoom out. You know, don't don't just look at this wall in front of you, because it may not there may not be that much wall there. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a three-word question you can ask yourself when, when you're saying, like the guy inside the mountain, this will never work. <laughs> I'm never going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> three-word question. Three words. Is that true? Zoom out. Is that true? What if it's not true? What if a little bit more effort is going to get you the big result, is going to take you through the mountain? And it's, man, I tell you, I, I wish I could say, and I never give up. Tom. I push. No, no, no. <laughs> I get frustrated, too. You know, uh, when it rains, I get wet. When when I see things that look insurmountable and impossible, I, I mean, I have that happen all the time. But here's what I know is that a little shift in perspective can help you to push through, can help you to push through that mountain. That's the first step. How did you, um, 
set about writing this book? Well, it's it's not the book that I set out to write because this is just the book. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> you're not the first person who has said that exact same thing to me, and and I'm tickled when I hear it every time. Well, uh, you know, I actually was going to write this book, and then this book came out. Um, but but was there a eureka moment when you said, "Hey, you know, I need to I need to write this." Well, uh, I, I have to tell you, Tom, a book called Easier came out of a place of real difficulty for me. And uh, it, it was an event that happened during the, uh, during the pandemic. Early on in the pandemic, I, I lost my dad to COVID. Oh, and uh, from, from this loss, from this, I mean, uh, what, what for me was the most difficult thing I've ever had to face. My dad and I, I mean, he was my dad, but he was my friend. We were very, very close. Uh, and uh, the book is dedicated to his memory. And while it's not a book about uh, loss and grief or anything like that, but that is a, a part of it, and that, that's where the book came from. I was, I was going to write, you know, a hundred tips and tricks to help you in the world of work and all this stuff, and I, and I started that, and I'm like, See, what do I think? What am I going to do? What, I'm gonna be, am I going to be Moses times ten? Here's a here's hundred commandments for you? No. I didn't want to do that. And I think that, Tom, this is what shows up for me, is, is that people want to learn by observation. They don't want to be, you know, they don't want somebody wagging their finger and going, here, I'm a guru, and here's what you need to do. But, but through observation, we see new ways to approach the world of work, to approach our relationships, to approach loss and grief, to, to find our way out of frustration. So what I did was I wrote <laughs> a story about that journey for people to observe and hopefully to see themselves and to see new, new possibilities inside that story. That, that tickles me uh that you were fixated on a uh, hundred tips right. because there's the comedian Tim Wilson has, has a little comedy song that he put together about his dad is, is on his deathbed and he says, son, there are a hundred things um, that you need to know. Uh-huh. Here's 50 of them. <laughs> there you go there you go oh man only 50 of them well you know in this book i i mean i say there's a the subtitle is 60 ways and and i when i when i set out on this journey i'm like you know why isn't 100 why, why isn't it 25 i mean if there if i mean if there's one good one you, you don't need and I, so i just said i'm going to detach from the number and i'm going to write this story and whatever ideas come out of it, it has to come naturally and authentically from what occurs in the conversation, what occurs in the events of the, of the story. And uh, at the at the end of the journey, it was the answer was sixty. So so that was what that was why the subtitle came out to be that way. But I I love the story of there's a hundred things, but I'm only going to yeah. There's a hundred things you need to know. Here's fifty of them. Um, anyway, I, I need to take a short break here, Chris, and this is a fascinating topic, and I'd like to dig some more into it. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Terrific. Sure. All sure. Right. You bet, Tom. Chris Westfall is my guest. The book is Easier. If you're listening to us on WFOVLP, our voice is Radio 92.1 FM in Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. There's more with Chris Westfall and the Tom Sumner Program, straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation uh, about handling business crises and career setbacks and how to make them easier as laid out in a book called Easier by my guest, business coach Chris Westfall, who joins me by phone. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. <laughs> no, no, no. No problem at all. Um, Chris, I, I went to a, a workshop years ago, and and um, it was about emulating the, the careers of some well-known CEOs from big Fortune 500 companies. And there were three to five of them used as, as uh, templates for the, the various exercises. And one of the prerequisites for getting on the list of people we were going to study was that they had to have been fired. Interesting. And Lee Iacocca was one of them. Sure. And, you know, some of those people, and I can't remember the other names. I wish I could because they were high-profile people like Lee Iacocca. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we tend to think of Lee Iacocca's big accomplishments and successes. We don't realize he got fired from Ford before he went to Chrysler. Yeah. It's interesting how setbacks are the first step often in a comeback. And it, it's interesting how, and I, I, I'm not trying to put, you know, uh, blow sunshine at, at what can be a very, very difficult situation, but I will say this. Um, I mean, I don't know all the people in Genesee County, but I know people, and I know that we are all wired. It's part of our DNA to be resilient, to be resourceful, and to find a way, a new way, when challenges show up. And, you know, I, I wonder, I mean, we can't ask Lee Iacocca, but I wonder if he might say, thank God I was fired. Thank you. You know, because it put him on the path that he was meant to be on. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we probably wouldn't have soccer vans if that hadn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no soccer vans. But there's, you know, I, I, I don't want to come across like, well, there's a silver lining inside of every cloud. But sometimes what, what life brings to us, when we zoom in, we go, this is, this is terrible. I, I'll, you know, how can I get through this is, is our first impulse. And, and what, happened, what happened for me? Because I've, I've experienced the law. I've, I've fired people. I've been on the other side of the table. and I've been fired. So, you know, there are uh, aspects of easier that, that are very easy for me to tap into and to see. And, and one of the key themes that, that I point to in the book is that there's, it doesn't look like there's any other way. We look, at, we look at a situation where you go, how can I get through this? But the shift, the key shift is moving from how can I get through this to what can I get from this? Lee Iacocca got a... a celebrity executive career out of his firing. I mean, I got, I got the ability to be a, a, a good husband and father for 29 years next month, Tom, 29 years we celebrate our marriage. Oh, but that, that came from, thank you, man, thank you. Um, she's a very patient woman. Yeah, uh, I would <laughs> think. I, I was married for 21 years. took me two wives to do it. <laughs> well, there you go. The combo plan. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that if we can, if we can look at things instead of saying, what can I get, from, you know, to, to move to that place where you say, what can I get from this? 
What can I get from the circumstances? What can I get from that bad breakup? What can I take away to to make me who I'm I'm meant to be? And that's I don't know if some people going through transition can can look at it that way, but that's a place of greater greater agency, greater strength, and a chance to step into your to your own personal power instead of being a victim of circumstances. But do we ever learn anything when everything goes right? <laughs> I do all the time, but that's because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I think that we can. I think that learning can exist in any place, and I think that it's, uh, uh, I would say, a misunderstanding to think that we have to be in pain uh, in order to grow. I think that we can grow at any time and that we're willing to see new ideas, that we're willing to step back. Or that, setback, or that setbacks even have to be painful. Correct. You know, you said something in the last segment about, you know, about just what it is. Just identify mm-hmm. something for what it is and mm-hmm. make your plan and, and move on from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to have that. I had that experience as, as I was creating, well, before I created the book, but where the book came from, I would find myself after, after the loss of my father. He was taken at 77. Uh, he tested mm-hmm. positive on Monday. He was gone by Friday. Wow. In the days before, before vaccines and even before mask mandates. And, yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was a rough patch. Anyway. But I would find myself, as you can imagine, I'd be sitting at a traffic light, and I would just, I would just start to weep. I would just start sure. to cry, and I'm like, man, you got to get it together. you got to pull yourself together. And, and what I came to realize, Tom, was that I didn't have to get it together. Because if I got it together and made those tears go away, what I would have to do is erase the love that I felt for my father. I would have to pull out the eraser and erase a lifetime of memories and uh, I wasn't willing to do that, I, ever. And as they say, grief is love persevering. And I made it okay for me to feel whatever it was that I was going to feel. Because that, that was part of my humanity. That was part of the, of the relationship that we shared. At, and quite frankly, instead of it being something that I needed to control or manage, I came to see my grief as a way to honor his memory. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't want you or anybody else to take that away from me. And I certainly want to try to, wouldn't want to try to take it away from myself. So my point is, what happens when we get okay with the way things are? Things get easier. One of the things that that your book uh, uh, points out, or or some of the things, is looking at how things work. And I wanted to ask you about the significance of neuroscience and history and how those things fit into how things work? Well, for me, the most motivational things that people can say, the most inspiring things, are are facts based in science. And in the book, I talk about how neuroscientists have identified our ability to adapt. And if you think about it, and, and the example that I that I use is uh, it's from a guy named David Eagleman, who's a very very bright guy, Stanford uh, neuroscientist, who hosted a show on PBS called The Brain. He's written several books. Super bright guy, and he looks at the way that our brains work, and he says uh, in his book Live Wired, think of a, a lizard, a lizard from thirty thousand years ago compared to a lizard that's alive right now. Those two animals are basically exactly the same. 
But what's interesting is that, you know, you and I, compared to people from 100 years ago, our IQs are higher, uh, which is not to say that you and I are brilliant people, although since we're on the, you know, I'm going to say it, we are brilliant people, but <laughs> it's because <laughs> mankind has the ability to adapt. That is unlike anything else in the animal kingdom. And when we understand that adaptability is part of our DNA and there's scientific proof to support that, and, and we also have our experiences to support that. I mean, there was a time when I couldn't drive a car, and yet here I am. There was a time when I was married, and yet here I am. There was a time when I didn't have children, and yet here I am. There was a time when I hadn't written a book, and yet here I am. And that's not a superhero story. That's a story of all of us. We all have the ability to adapt, to change, to grow. And, and that, to me, is the most, the most comforting, I think, and most motivational thing that I could possibly say to anyone anywhere because it motivates me when I understand that change is not impossible. Change and the ability to adapt, it's built into my DNA. And quite frankly, I'm not a lizard. <laughs> Have you, um, is this your first book? Uh, it's not. I, I wrote my first book, uh, 10 years ago, the first book that I wrote is called The New Elevator Pitch. And I, I wrote that, uh, yeah, that came out in 2012. And I've written, I've written several books since then. And in fact, I, I've done work as a ghostwriter. And since the, since the pandemic started, Easier is actually one of six books that I wrote. But the other ones don't have, don't have my name on the title. I wrote them for other people. Did you, were you writing through the, the pandemic? I was when the when good the pandemic for you. started. I, good for you yeah, because I, I talked to some writers and pretty successful writers who admitted to being pretty much like deers in uh, deer in the headlights. Sure, you, you know, just just sort of just shocked by the whole thing, and then now as things are are pulling away, they're thinking, "Boy, I could have got so much work done, and I just didn't do it." So kudos to you for getting some things accomplished. Well, thanks. It, it just was, it was the path that I was on. I was always, I was already under contract, uh, for the first book when, um, when the pandemic hit and then we turned in the first book and, uh, Wiley immediately asked for another one. And we ended up, um, anyway, I, it was, it's just been an amazing collaboration with, uh, a couple of, of, I'll call them authors. I'll call myself the writer, um, in, in working. I, I love the ghost writing. I love the opportunity to help people to tell their stories bring their stories to life it's, it's been an absolute gift and and i appreciate you saying that it was i was i was fortunate um, when the pandemic started to have that piece of business yeah i oddly enough i had uh i had a studio uh, across town and i closed it down in january of 2020 and moved the the gear oh. and set up a studio at home thinking I was going to be kind of different and unusual. And six weeks later, everybody in the business was working from home. Sure. Wow. <laughs> but, the, but the thing for me, though, that, that I look at is when the pandemic hit, I was already doing what I was going to be doing. So I didn't have the same interruption that a lot of people had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of my story as well. And I feel real and good about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stepping, I mean, and it sounds like you were, you know, you were stepping into your identity. You were being who you were. Circumstances change, but your, your identity and who, how you show up, you, you know, sometimes you have to shift. Well, <laughs> to, yeah, to I just, I look, you know, I looked for that silver lining and, 
you know, a big mm-hmm. part of it was that my morning commute was down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, you said life is difficult, relations are tough, business is tougher. But through it all, there's a better way. Um, why is business tougher? Because we get lost in misunderstandings. Because we look at relationships and challenges and we think there's only one way to win. And if you think of an athlete in a sport, pick any sport, if you're any sport, in the world, the athlete comes to the coach and says, hey, coach, there's only one way to win. What's the coach going to say? The coach is going to say, sit down. Right. Sit down. Your job, your job is to find every way to win. And we get lost in business, and we fall into misunderstandings that, you know, at first misunderstanding, that's the way we've always done things. Most dangerous words in business cut you off from innovation, cut you off from even incremental improvement, let alone transformational improvement. We've always done it uh, that way. That's the way we've always done things. Yeah. The, the way we've always done things is we've always innovated, we've always adapted. We as human beings are built to adapt, to, to take processes that have gone before and to see them in new ways. That's always possible. Am I saying people seize it? Am I saying people see it, the, meaning the new possibilities? No, but those possibilities exist. Um, and, and a variation of that's the way we've always done things is that's just the way I am. And, and when people say that, I say, that's just the way I am, isn't. We always have the ability to, to change, to do something different, to see things from a new perspective. And when we can't access that new perspective, that, my friend, is when business gets tough. That is when relationships get tough. That's when everything is difficult. And, and I just, again, can you zoom out? Can you see new possibilities can you see another way to win because when life looks like a one-way street and you're headed straight towards a brick wall pump the brakes slow down zoom out and find another way in in your book you share uh, some of these ideas and notions um, by imparting a conversation between right. a client and a coach um, what what made you want to do it that way? First of all, I wanted to see if I could. <laughs> I wanted to see if I could. You know, it, was, it, it, was it a real conversation that you had with a client, or was this um, just, just a, a made-up story so you could demonstrate these things? Uh, the best answer I can give you is yes. <laughs> It was, Fair it was enough. Up I kind of felt that coming. <laughs> it, the book is based on uh, conversations that I have had with coaching clients. It's based on conversations that coaches have had with me. It's based on experiences that I have had and that my clients have had. But it's also, I mean, at, at its heart and soul, easier is a business fable. So it is, uh, it is a story. While it has elements of truth and and I tell you, quite frankly, it's the most authentic thing I've ever written. Um, but it takes place in the context of a, of a story, of uh, a conversation that, that, that uh, never actually literally took place, but it, 
takes place for the service of the reader so that they can see things in a new way because of and, and again I'm just I'm just sharing what I see, what's been shared with me and what I've shared with others so that, that hopefully the folks that read the book can can see a path that allows them to step back, not just not just from the challenges at work, but relationships, uh, dealing with grief and loss. Um, if if you've been fired, I think this is a book that can help you to see the other side of that experience. Um, there's just there's a lot in there, and I um, the funny thing is is that as people read the book, uh, people take people find different things inside the story, and that's also why I wrote it like this. Was that I didn't want to be prescriptive. Here's what you need to do. Here's the three things you need, right, or here's a hundred right. things, right? Because, because you know, I, I don't know you, but I do have your answers. Wow. Wow. Bold statement and also not true. So that's why the book took the shape that it does, so that people can, can see their own way to their own answers, which always come from the same place, and that's, that's inside of, of the person who's trying to create the change. I remember in one of my very first uh, radio jobs, this was about 30 years ago, and... Uh, the program director at the station was, was giving me a little coaching about announcing. And mm. he said something I've never forgotten. He said, be yourself, but more. Hmm. And hmm. I How did that, you take that? What did that, what did that? what did that mean to you? It, it, was, it was freeing in a lot of ways. Because instead of trying to match myself to other announcers that I knew, that I liked, that I admired, and so on, it was just, you know, be me. Just just put a little more into it. And it was, it, I, I thought it was brilliant. I've never forgotten it. That's, that's a powerful message because, you know, what, what makes... If, if I can be so bold, what makes your show so powerful is your perspective. And there are a lot of people that are sharing their voices, but that perspective is what people come back for. And, and that's true in, in coaching as well. It's, it's the ability to share a fresh perspective and to help people to say, gosh, I never thought of it that way. I never looked at it that way. And, and that shift in my experience and in my life has been the first step towards towards really creating change and creating, you know, creating things that, that look impossible. You know, if it looks impossible, you got to look at it again. <laughs> and that's, I think what that, that's what I take from that is to, is to and that message, just be you. Uh, it's really powerful. Easier said than done though, sometimes, right? <laughs> well, ag agreed, but it's, it's, um, it, it was really affirming to get permission. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. somebody say, just, just be yourself. Well, you know, people say that. But he added that challenge. Mm. You know, be yourself, mm -hmm. but more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you can make yourself better and still be mm -hmm. yourself. That's right. That's and right. And what I thought it was, I thought it was one of the coolest pieces of advice I ever got. I agree with you. And you know, what I hear in that is be yourself, be more, and be more. You know, what I hear in that is be more honest, be more vulnerable, be more insightful, be, be more compelling. And all of those things, the crazy thing is, is that that's, that's all within reach. That's inside of our person. It's not inside of a persona. It's not inside of trying to be someone else. And you know, what's, what's really powerful that I take from your story, Tom, is you gave yourself permission. I mean, he said, be you. And, you said, and, and in that, you hear, 
permission granted. Yeah. Um, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. And, and what happens when we step firmly into who we are? Not from a place of arrogance or greatness, but a, but a place that says, I am going to put myself and my story and my insights out there, recognizing there's a lot of perspectives. There's a lot of voices out there. But it is your perspective that is unique. It is your perspective that no one else has. And and, and I know part I'm of what he sure. part of what he meant specific to radio and announcing was, uh, y- you know, uh, um, when he said "but more," uh, talking about mm-hmm. um, be yourself, but put more energy into it. Oh, more energy! Yeah, yeah. Y- you yeah. know, make 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 sure you, you know, put it out there. Don't just mealy mouse your way through and you know anyway it it was just kind of an interesting thing and and this conversation has reminded me of it and thanks for letting me share that um again the book is called easier it's written by um chris westfall who's been uh, my guest this hour uh easier 60 ways to make your work life work for you and Boy, wouldn't that be nice. <laughs> Chris, it is a real pleasure talking with you. Um, have you got another book in the works? Usually when I talk to a writer, by the time a book hits the shelves, another book is just about to head off to the editor. Well, we actually talked about it earlier. My first book 10 years ago was called The New Elevator Pitch, and uh, that book is in the process of being revised. I'm going to re-release it. You know, a lot's happened in the last 10 years, and uh, there's a lot of, I think, uh, considerations that, that go into, you know, what is an elevator pitch? When do you need it? Why do you need it? And how can we modernize that concept from decades ago to make it something that people can can use in their in their lives, in their careers, in their communication? So that's what I'm working on is the new elevator pitch version 2.0. <laughs> the elevator pitch for when you're stuck in an elevator. That's um. <laughs> right. And it might just it might just be the elevator pitch that makes things easier. But we'll see. We'll see how that uh, goes. I think that's I think that's great. Um Chris, thanks so much. Do you have a uh a website you'd like to share for people to get to know you more and um and your work past, present and future? Sure. My website is westfallonline.com, and that's my last name, like the direction and the season, westfallonline.com. And you can also find uh, some of my work and, and videos and messages uh, on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash westfallonline. Well, Chris, this has been a real treat, um, and, and I, I'm always amazed when when i have a great conversation like this one with you at how fast the time goes well thank you tom and i I appreciate your insights and your questions it's uh it's a real pleasure i appreciate it well take care and keep up the good work thank you sir all right that was uh again chris westfall author of easier 60 ways to make your work life work for you if you're listening to us on wfov our voice is radio 92.1 lpfm in flint uh we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming us we have some messages as well and uh then we'll return with um the final segment of today's edition 
of the Tom Sumner program. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Now the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, Go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom It's Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. 
Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov slash AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee He picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel And said, goo 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 That's not the right verse He was only six months years old Honey, the real, the ethnic You know the real version When John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee Daddy picked him up, threw him on the floor, says this baby's done wet on me. <laughs> I I I apologize. Oh, one more chance. One more chance is all you get. See this pin? It says think ethnic. You gotta think ethnic and sing ethnic to ever earn this pin. When John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee He picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel And said this hammer be the death of me, Lord, Lord Hammer be the death of me Yeah, when John Henry was just a little tyke He picked up a piece of steel and a hammer it seemed like he knew all the time, down deep inside, that he was going to work on the railroads. And there was a big story waiting for him to arrive on. Why was a little boy used to go around hammering on things? His daddy bought him a little hammer. Let's go around hammering the tables and hammering the fixtures. We <laughs> used to get a licking all the time. He'd go up and hammer on the front door. Hammer on the chairs. Yet as John Henry grew, he grew in size, and he grew in stature, and he grew in his mind, his horizons grew. He started going out and got a bigger hammer. Started walking around town hammering things. Hammering trees, people's fences, fire hydrants. Wah, wah. 
while John Henry could just go around hitting one fire hydrant with one whop, whop. <laughs> yeah. All dogs in town hated John Henry. <laughs> well, the whole story goes is that when he grew to full size, he could drive steel on the railroad, drive those spikes in the ground faster than any ten men. People started talking about John Henry. Why is the fastest man that ever drove steel on the railroad? And the whole story of John Henry really starts day the captain told John Henry something. John Henry said, tell me something, captain. <laughs> then the captain said, John Henry, I'm gonna bring me a steam drill round. I'm gonna bring me a steam drill out on the job, I'm gonna pop that steel on down, Lord, Lord, pop that steel on down. Sure enough, next day they had a steam drill out on the job. Big red steam drill, shiny smokestack sticking up in the air. Well, they had old John Henry over there. Muscles ripple in the sun, sweat running off in gimlets. <laughs> Ringlets. Well, the captain, head of all the railroad workers, looked over at that steam drill and smiled. Then he turned over and he looked over at John Henry, his beady little eyes. He snarled over John Henry. Hi there, John. <laughs> well, John Henry didn't say nothing. Just spit on his hands, picked up those two nine-pound hammers, walked slowly over towards that steam drill, spit on the steam drill. <laughs> then went over and spit on the captain. <laughs> So it got to be about 12 o'clock starting time for the race. Every railroad man in the county was out there that day because they knew if John Henry lost that race, they were all out of a job. So it got to be starting time for the race. John Henry is up there at that starting line. That steam drill was up there at that starting line. Big smokestack sticking right up in the air. A little bit of spit on it. <laughs> Well, the captain walked up to the start line. I swear you could hear a pin drop that day. He took out his pistol and pointed it up in the air. John Henry spit on it. <laughs> Actually, this was about the greatest race in the history of man. The race between a man and a machine. He pointed that pistol up in the air and shot it off. <coughs> Bang. <laughs> that started that race.
that race. Dumb smart I thought he could be a steam drill. <laughs> what a thing for crying out loud. John Henry said to the captain, to the captain, by God I ain't no fool. Before I'll die with a hammer in my hand, I'm gonna get me a steam drill too. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all of my guests starting with uh, this last hour we spent with um, the author of uh, Easier. Let me see if I get the, the title completely right here. Um, well, Chris Westfall in any event, what a treat. Uh, the book is called Easier. Before that, we talked to uh, Command Sergeant Major Retired Bradley Jones, author of Treading the Deep, about leadership in the military. And we talked with um, Penny Gochin, the author of um, a new summer uh, mystery thriller called The Woman Underwater. Anyway, I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program, and I hope you will be too. Good night, everybody. The Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.